Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, this is Linda Ballesteros. Welcome to All Things Franchising. I am so happy you're here today. I'm always honored when people spend time with me. It's sometimes hard to carve time out of your busy day, and I'm honored. So we're talking today about the children's education industry. I read an article that went like this. The National Science, Science Foundation estimates 80% of the jobs during the next decade will require math and science skills. Therefore, young students need to be introduced to STEM education at, the early age, at an early age. While some institutions have embraced early STEM learning, consistent programming during the school day is really not very widespread. And that's what we're going to be talking uh, about today with Jeff Hughes. Jeff uh, has worked with students around the world for close to 20 years. He's passionate about empowering students through education. He's the founder of Level Up Kids, which is a STEM program with a mission to prepare children for the changing workplace of the future. So please help me in welcoming Jeff to the show. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much for having me. I'm uh, grateful to be talking to you today. Absolutely. Well, we're glad to have you. Um, you know, Jeff, what I have seen so much is there is a huge uh, focus now, and I don't know whether the pandemic had anything to do with it, mm. um, a focus on children's education. So before we start talking about that, tell me a little bit about your background. And, you know, you indicate that, um, that you've been working with kids for 20 years now. What had, how did you work with them in what capacity? Uh, so I have, um, from a very young age, I was traveling, doing uh, relief trips overseas, visiting orphanages. Um, I was in Russia when I was 18, uh, working with juvenile delinquents and teaching them English, teaching them life skills. And then in a, a nonprofit capacity, I was working with teenagers for uh, close to a dozen years, um, helping them um, empower them through education, through um, experiences, through bringing them on trips as well. And then my wife and I um, kind of continued this together. So we spent almost a year in the Philippines uh, working with women, again, teaching them life skills, teaching them business skills, uh, teaching them English. Um, and we really, that realizing, looking back, that, that was really something I was passionate about. Um, which led me to what I'm doing now, that um, seeing the, the real power that knowledge and education has in helping people improve their condition in life. Mm. Now, is that where, um, where Level Up Kids was born? Um, partly, that was really born um, out of me being unemployed 
Um, I was unemployed on the, the East Coast uh, of Canada for the third time in five years. And I thought I need to do something about this. I need to improve uh, my knowledge. So I began teaching myself computer programming, thinking that this would be a way that I could um, solve my own problems, that I could be employed myself. Um, and as I was beginning to learn this, I looked at my kids. Um, and at the time, their school had three computers for 350 of them. Um, and I thought there is no way that they're going to be prepared with the skills they need with the type of equipment that they have presently. Mm. So I talked to some other parents. I found out that they shared that concern. Um, and out of that, uh, Level Up was, was created really from um, a parent's perspective of all of us wanting the best for our kids and wanting to make sure that our kids um, – you know, we say be ready with the skills for the future, but we want our kids to be um, prepared for the future, to be successful, to be happy, um, to reach their potential, live their dreams. Um, and we think by giving them these skills, as well as the skills that come through learning programming, uh, that we can help them do that. You know, Jeff, so many people think that the the STEM or STEAM programs um, are just preparing the children for employment, but they can use these, school, these particular skills that they learn uh, just as they're going through school in everyday courses, can't they? Uh, for sure. So you would be amazed. Um, we all think of this younger generation as being so technologically advanced, but most of them, most of our students have never touched a computer. Um, they don't know how to use a keyboard. They can use an iPad. And if I were to ask you to type an exclamation point, you would know to press shift and the number one. Um, these students who come in, they have no, no idea of how to do that at all. So we have to teach them how to use a keyboard, how to use a mouse. Uh, we have to teach them to stop, to talk, stop touching the computer screen because their, mm. all of their technology is a phone or a tablet. Mm. Um, so by us teaching them these skills, they are things that they can use through school. Um, but we also focus on um, critical skills like problem solving and team building. Um, so many kids, my own included, can, when they're confronted with a problem or things don't go the way they expect them to, they are kind of, they don't know what to do. Okay. So if we can teach them and give them opportunities where we don't give them the answers as teachers, we make them keep pressing, pressing forward. We let them know it is hard. It is challenging. Um, and that's how you're going to learn. Uh, we think that's going to be valuable for them to learn no matter what they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, because even if uh, learning problem-solving skills, that would certainly help with cooking dinner. It would, it yes. would help with just anything, right? Yeah, for sure. And so many, I'm not sure where it's kind of happened, but, um, you know, with my kids, you try to do things for them. You try to make life easier. And perhaps to the detriment of them that mm. we haven't taught them how to figure things out. So we're, we're trying more to, with our kids, to let them um, suffer with the consequences, let them figure out how to fix their own problems, 
uh, because no one's going to be there when they're an adult and they have to uh, figure out how to fix, you know, how to get a yeah. job the next day or how to yeah. make make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good point there. So, Jeff, let's talk a little bit about um, Level Up Kids and some of the the activities and, um, for lack of a better word, services that you mm-hmm. offer to the students. Yeah, so we offer what is known as career readiness education. So starting at a young age, we offer after-school programs, summer camps, uh, fun classes that are broken up into different career paths. So at a young age, it is more, it's really fun-based, so they'll be working with programs that they like, um, like Roblox and Minecraft. But as they get older, we, we focus their attention onto um, careers that they might enjoy and then career readiness. So you had mentioned, um, you know, the number of jobs that require STEM mm-hmm. skills. Um, mm-hmm. But what happens is if a child goes through high school and then realizes in um, their final year that they'd like to do computer science, well, it's too late they can't go back and take all of the prerequisite classes that they need. Right. So we help parents see in uh, middle school um, what classes they're going to need through high school, um, what electives they'll need to take so that they can be ready to get into the university classes um, that they'll want. Or we also offer uh, career certification. So students could come through our programs uh, through middle school and high school and be job ready by the time they graduate high school. Wow. Wow. That's huge because, you know, Jeff, I, I know that there are a, lar- a, a large percentage of the children graduating from high school that really, they really don't care to go to college. So for you right. to give them the skills that, uh, that where they can actually go out and get a job, they are marketable. Uh, with a high school education plus the certification, that's huge, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right now, um, a lot of parents are questioning uh, the value of um, higher education, especially where mm-hmm. so much of it is mobile. Um, mm-hmm. And my my son, my oldest, is in his first year of uh, university right now, um, and he was. He, he just turned 17, he turned 18 right after it started. And I'm thinking, how, how can he even understand what he wants to do and make this sure. massive investment? Um, so we, sure. we kind of take the risk out of that. Um, if they know they want to work at a company like Google, Google has certification uh, courses that you can take, and they have a list of programs that they offer. So does Amazon. And they would say, you don't need to work at university or go to university to work here, just take these courses and we'll consider you. So wow. we put those in the hands of um, high school students and adults. We would be offering more programs to adults because we get asked that often. Um, but we want to give students an option that isn't going to um, put them in long-term debt. Mm. And we see so much of that. It, it's so expensive these days, $40,000 a year. It, it's mm-hmm. just, and, and that's just conservative number. 
Um, right. So the, and either the parents take on that debt or the kids take on that in, in the form of student loans. And either mm-hmm. one of those, the kids are just, it's like having a mortgage on your back the minute you graduate from, uh, from the university. And that's a tough struggle. That's a tough struggle. Right. So with that, um, 40%, around 40% of kids go to university and they just take a liberal arts degree. So it isn't mm. uh, focused on a career. And, on, and it, there's a direct correlation. 42% of students or young adults age 20 to 29 are living with their parents. Mm-hmm. So you have students who are attending university um, due to the pressure to attend, uh, and they don't have a clear goal or focus. And when they graduate, some of them are crippled by that debt. Um, and they're living with parents. So we really want and try to make parents the hero of, of our story. Mm-hmm. That it's the parents who um, want to make sure their kids are prepared. So we, we are speaking to the parents. So we're not trying to say, hey, your kids are going to have fun, which is true. But we're saying if you send your kids through our programs, then you can be confident that they'll be set up in the future They'll be able to solve their own problems. They'll be able to work for themselves. Um, they won't be living in your basement, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, that's an amazing uh, approach, Jeff, and I think that's the best, the best approach I've heard. So what ages, mm-hmm. uh, how early do you get started with these kiddos? Uh, typically uh, around age seven and we go right through to college age, we have programs for kids who can't even read yet. So they are just learning how to use a mouse, uh, learning how to use the typewriter, uh, sorry, the typewriter, the keyboard, uh, Mm -hmm. so that they could begin dragging and dropping shapes and learning some of the fundamentals of computer science. And we, Mm -hmm. we stress with the parents and with the kids that they are learning a third language. They're learning another language, um, and it's just as hard and requires just as much practice as learning mm-hmm. French or Spanish. So we start with very simple steps, and it grows in its uh, complexity. Mm. Mm. Wow, I, I just love your approach. So as if, if let's talk about the franchise side of this, Jeff. So if I'm listening to what you are describing about Level Up Kids, and it really sounds interesting to me. Do I need to be a computer whiz? Do I need to have teaching background to be a, a franchisee? No, and I, I'm kind of embarrassed saying it, but I didn't have that knowledge when I started the company. So I had to create uh, systems and ways to hire staff that knew more than I did. So very, uh, very quickly, we, um, I hired university computer science students. And they are our primary uh, instructors, and they, um, they are very passionate about computer science. And many of them tell me that they wish someone had taught them when they were 9 and 10 years old. So it's very easy to find the people with um, the knowledge. Uh, and most of our content is self-directed. So students um, come into our class, they put on their headphones, and they work through their next lesson. Um, this is really our franchise is not about teaching at the ownership level. It is about sales. It is about 
um, having someone who could network, who could go and meet with principals, uh, talk to parents at the PTA, go, um, go to the scout troop, meet with the homeschool groups, um, and through that build up their customer base. So um, as, as you are helping them and you've identified a, a franchisee, um, how, do you, how do you teach? What does that training look like, Jeff, to get mm. them there? Yeah, we are going through this right now, uh, training on a new batch of uh, Latin American franchisees. And we teach them uh, right now virtually. It is center director training. So how to work in our systems, how to work on our admin portal, our sales portal, um, how to teach classes. And then once they're back home, they're going to do, um, they're going to get certified um, as STEM teachers. So there is a, an organization called STEM.org, and they are kind of the, the largest governing body of STEM uh, institutes. And they would be going through a course to be certified as STEM teachers. Um, and then we also have um, training and how to work with kids that all of our staff take. And it would be the same training that, you know, your neighborhood summer camp that their staff would go through. So if a camp is um, accredited by the American Camping Association, their staff and their leaders would go through the same training. So mm-hmm. how to deal with um, bullies, how to um, deal with angry parents, how to deal mm-hmm. with um, kids with special needs. We really make sure that all of our staff, all of our owners and our staff have that same baseline knowledge of um, how to work with kids uh, because not everyone does and mm-hmm. their skill set may not be in teaching and they may never plan to be the teacher, but we still want them to, um, to understand that um, and be able to step in if need be. Mm-hmm. Now, once you have, uh, they've gone through that training do you also help them when they get back home and they've gone through that certification? Do you help them with finding those connections in their community? Because if they're coming out of corporate, I came out of a 30-plus year career in banking, and I didn't have a clue, Jeff, as to how to get into my Mm -hmm. community. So is that something that you kind of help them with as well? It is, and – We've helped them locate, you know, the heads of the PTA and the different school groups. We are also right now um, refining the website so that it is doing a much better job of generating leads for them. Mm. Um, The local SEO, I'm sure everyone talks about that, um, is really the most important thing a local business can do. So through the Google My Business page, um, we want – we help them – kind of own those keywords. So if someone types in kids coding class, Toronto beaches, um, then we want to be those top, um, those top search results. Um, Mm -hmm. And those don't cost anything. They just take time and effort. So we, we help them with the social side, but also help them set up the business and set up their websites for them so that it does a lot of the work on their behalf. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can just see where um, once that once the the word gets out, so to speak, in their community, then uh, there would be a lot of referral business that would come in as well. 
definitely. We have people um, finding out about us and driving their kids, taking their kids out of their school, driving an hour and a half each way to attend our classes. Um, and we have some families who heard about us. And every summer they drive a thousand miles, um, spend a week at a hotel to put their kids in our camps. So wow. they, um, the parents love it because we're teaching at such a high level. Um, and they tell their friends about it. We've arrived in cities, um, sold out the camps, not had any location. And I've had to email the parents and say, you know what, you've all signed up for camp. I don't have any place to hold the camp. And within minutes, they have found a place for us to run the camp. Oh, my goodness. So, they don't want to miss yeah. out, and they help you find exactly. a place. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Jeff, how amazing is that? Yeah, they, um, they are – the parents are the biggest supporters of, of bringing us to the communities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. Um, Jeff, we're down to uh, – I need to take a quick commercial break. Um, when we come back, do you happen to have some stories of those parents and the kids and the franchisees that you could share with us when we come back? Yeah, I would love to um, tell you a story about Olivia and Nicholas, who are some kids who've gone through our programs. Great. Folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break, and we're going to be back with more stories about STEM education with Jeff Hughes. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballestetos is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey, folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. We are here with Jeff Hughes, founder of Level Up Kids. So, Jeff, you promised us some stories when we broke from commercial break, so um, share a few with us. Jeff, are you there? Uh, yes, sorry. Hello? Yeah, there we go. We've got you now, Jeff. Okay. Thank you. Sorry about that. Um, so I want to tell you about Olivia. When she was five years old, uh, we had visited her school, and all of the kids brought home flyers. And she went to her mom and said, Mom, I'm five years old, and I don't know how to code yet. So, of course, her mom, uh, her mom signed her up, and she has been with us every year for the last four years. Um, oh my! And her, yeah, her parents saw that that passion that she had as a as a five year old, um, and saw an opportunity for her to to fill that quickly. Um, and we don't know what she's going to become, but we know that she is loving the classes, and mm-hmm. she's not going to be afraid in the future 
um, if she has to take a computer science class or even mm-hmm. um, a hard math class because she already has experience mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had mentioned Nicholas. He went to um, a rural school, uh, and he loved computer programming, but it was not um, really seen as a cool thing uh, by his peers. Uh, so he was shy, kind of withdrawn at school. Um, he came to our camp. He was 12 years old. Uh, he loved it. And within an hour, he was walking around uh, coaching the other students, helping them. Wow. He participated in all of the games, the activities. That first week, his mom asked us if you know, she wanted to find out what was happening. He was so confident, so much more outgoing than she had seen uh, in middle school. She mm-hmm. asked if we would start a private school that he could attend. Um, and we invited him back another week. And then he came back um, as a volunteer leader. And then eventually came back as a counselor uh, because mm. he found a place where he belonged. And his parents mm. were so happy that he had that, that place where he was accepted socially. Um, and that mm. allowed him to increase his confidence in other areas of his life. You know, Jeff, that's, those are such sweet stories because um, in, we hear so much about bullying in the schools. And so much of that happens, I think, is when maybe a child doesn't fit in because they are different. And in public schools, being different is not necessarily accepted very well. Mm-hmm. So do you, do, you, do you see a correlation there? And um, do, you, do you help them in getting past those bully situations? I think we do because we show them that uh, their skills and interests are of value, that they are, um, it sounds kind of rote to say, but they are special, and the things that mm-hmm. they like to do can be appreciated by the right people. So when they find that space where um, the things they like to do that other people would look down on, but here they are um, applauded and accepted, then it does help them to um, have confidence at school, knowing that there are people uh, there are people like them, and there are people who affect what they have to offer. Mm-hmm. So let's go back and talk a little bit more about the franchise opportunity. Is this a brick and mortar? We offer a variety of options. So we have an on-the-go model, which makes use of temporary spaces, um, churches, community centers, colleges, um, even places like trampoline parks. Any place that has a classroom that could be rented uh, for an hour or a couple hours uh, is a great place for them to start. And then we do have a brick-and-mortar model as well. So these would be, you know, a 1,000 square feet uh, retail space uh, where the students would come at a set time every week for their class. And there are advantages to both, obviously higher visibility in a retail space, uh, but that also comes with a, a bit of a higher startup cost than um, getting your vehicle wrapped and driving to schools every day. Mm-hmm. So um, for those of you that are listening to this recording, it is October the 6th, 2020. So we all know what 2020 means. So Jeff, during this time when schools were not in session, social distancing, hmm. how did that impact the way you delivered and your franchisees delivered the, the service? Yeah, it, um, 
we were fortunate in that we were ready. We already had the ability to um, teach remotely. So when our, um, when we saw that this was coming probably about two weeks out, we added content to all of our websites to let parents know that the classes were going to be held virtually. So suddenly there was a new menu bar that had virtual classes, virtual group mm. classes, birthday parties. Uh, and the parents really appreciated, um, they saw it as a bonus that they could keep their child enrolled in our class and do it from the safety of their own home. Mm. So we were running uh, camps in that way. Um, throughout the summer, we even ran birthday parties. So the students would all log into um, our site um, and it would be like a Zoom call where they could see each other and then they would all play um, Minecraft or Roblox on one of our games. Um, and then they would um, sing happy birthday to each other. So they would, there was a lot of interaction um, even though the kids had to be separated. And again, parents really appreciated that, um, that option when there wasn't anything else for them to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been really difficult on the the kids, the students as well, this lockdown, so to speak, the pandemic, the social distancing, because they didn't have an opportunity to continue to socialize with with their friends. So mm-hmm. what you created was a great way for them to plug back in, so to speak. Yeah, it really, really was. And we had um, just kind of fun days where we would have 60 or 80 kids all in one of our Minecraft worlds, um, Mm -hmm. all talking through their headsets. And we had kids in Germany, South Africa, the U.S. and Canada, um, all playing Minecraft together, talking as though they were in the same classroom, um, having a great time. Um, Wow. So there are ways that technology can... um, still foster and create a sense of community um, when the kids don't have that option of a face-to-face program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this fall, as um, some cities and states and provinces are opening back up, our centers are open during the day. Uh, so we have a lot of students are going every other day. So parents um, need to find something for their kids to do on the days when they aren't in school. So uh-huh. they can drop them off at a, a level up, uh, the same as the school hours, and the students would work on their schoolwork on our computers using our Wi-Fi. Um, they would get a more of a fun experience rather than being at home. They would do some camp activities, um, and the parents know that it's a safe spot. Um, the parents can be at work, um, and the kids are doing schoolwork supervised. So it's, it's just a way that we can be flexible. Um, and we are um, constantly trying to evolve what we're doing to meet meet what parents need. Mm-hmm. And you know, Jeff, the the things that, the thing about what COVID, what the pandemic has done, is we don't step back into our routine. Summer was over, and mm. we don't get to step back into the kids going to school Monday through Friday. Um, so it, it has really disrupted uh, the family schedule, and everyone's had to get creative, and you guys have certainly gotten creative in offering an option for parents. Kudos for you on doing that. Thank you. Yeah, and it comes, I think, from all of us being parents. 
So mm-hmm. it's easy to think, well, what do I need this week so I can uh, work? Um, yeah, and it's it is um, it's been great to be able to keep offering those services that meet the needs that parents have. Yeah, definitely. You know, Jeff, we're getting close to the end of the show, and if somebody is listening and they want to know more about, you know, maybe they want to know more about if there's a Level Up Kids in their area, or maybe they really do want to look at the franchise opportunity. How would they find out more information about Level Up and the opportunities there? Uh, The easiest way would be by visiting levelupkids.org. And on that site, we have information on our locations, uh, the types of programs that we run, as well as a link for franchising information. Perfect. Very good. Well, Jeff, we're down to those final questions here. The first one is, if there's someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for the process? Um, I would make sure that they start with their their end goal in mind. And by that, I mean, what do they want their life to look like as an owner? What do they want their life to look like in five or 10 years? And then search for a business that would help them meet those goals. Um, that would really be the, the biggest mm-hmm. thing. So they know what they want life to be like. Um, and then find a, a tool, a business in my mind is a tool to help them achieve that dream. So, Jeff, I have to tell you that I've worked with clients in the past that um, they had that totally backwards. They had identified a brand and thought that was it. And when they brought me into the picture, I'm going, do you want to, at at 55 years Mm -hmm. old, do you want to work seven days a week? Do you want an establishment that's 24 hours a day? And and then Mm. they realize, oh, maybe that's not what I want. So you're exactly right. Identify what it is you want your life to look like. What does that lifestyle look like? What is your end goal? The end goal Mm -hmm. is to have time and financial freedom. Freedom. Working 24-7 is not <laughs> going to be that when you're in your mid-50s. So I For appreciate sure, you yep. saying that because that is so, so true. So the next question here, Jeff, is what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? So in, in our case, we are looking for people who are and willing to learn and follow our system. Um, I've worked with other franchise businesses, and that is, that's critical. People go home from training, and they just want to do their own thing. Um, So they really first is learn and follow the system. And the second thing we're looking for are candidates who want to help the entire system improve. So they are looking both at um, how can they make this work in their city, but how could they um, help build it as a national and international brand? So they they really um, take that reputation uh, to heart because they know that the better um, the business does as a whole, the better their local franchise will do. Mm, Very good. Very good. Exactly. Because it is about the brand. And like you said, the the better that they do uh, in their community, it just expands the, the brand all over and it comes stronger. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's very good. Very good plan on your part. The final question is, what does the future of franchising look like? Hmm. I, I think as we 
um, again, coming out of 2020 and seeing some, some glimmers and some glimpses of the um, people coming out of that economic uncertainty, I think more people than ever before will be looking to work for themselves. They are looking to get out of um, you know, the corporate world, but also realizing that they don't have any control over their lives if someone else is the boss. So I think that um, the interest in franchising will increase. I've seen, as I'm sure you have, the types of franchising um, businesses has increased, so there are more options for people to get involved in. Uh, I just think it will um, continue to grow and um, cover every type of business that people could be interested in participating in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good advice there. Jeff, one more time. If somebody's listening and they want more information on Level Up, where would they go? Uh, Levelupkids.org would be the spot. Wonderful. Jeff, thanks so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate the work that you're doing and the difference that you're making in the lives of a lot of kids. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. So, folks, you know, at this time, I usually offer a quote, um, but I, I found a, a, little, a little snippet in an article that I thought was really interesting and I thought you might find so as well. Uh, it goes like this. When they are shown what engineers do, 76% of girls get interested in engineering. So just know that STEM programs like Level Up, they introduce kids in a way to, uh, they introduce engineering to kids in a way that it's fun. Girls are interested, boys are interested, and it changes their future. Again, folks, I'm so glad you were here with me today. Look forward to seeing you next time on All Things Franchising. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.